Hey everyone, welcome to Daily Dose of Serotonin, the show about mental health delivered in a less conventional way. We all have health and we've all got a brain, so we've all got mental health that we need to take care of. I'm here to break down the walls, stigma, boxes, labels. I'm not here to educate or diagnose, and I'm especially not here to tell you what to do because you are the one with the wisdom and the answers. And I am here to present new ideas, new perspectives, so that you can find your own answers and live a life a little healthier, happier, you here. <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm Sarah Pringle, your host. But that's not really important because you're the star here. All right, if you're ready, here's your little dose of serotonin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Daily Dose of Serotonin. Today's guest is extra special because he knew my family before I was even born, and he babysat me, which is kind of cool, kind of awesome. He did triathlons with my dad, and he's done Ironman, and he's this super human person. He might not even be human. He might be bionic. Uh, he is a superintendent in construction He's the hardest working, one of the hardest working pe pe person I know. My dad is probably right in there with hardest working people. So he is just genuinely so kind, so inspirational, so motivational, makes me want to just get up and run every moment. So I'm so excited to interview him. And Drew Forbes, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, sir. After that introduction, I think I just should just call the day. And <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you. I'm just uh, so glad to talk to you. Well, thank you for being here. And as I had said before, the show is predominantly on mental health, but I feel like everything in the world can kind of lead to mental health because we all have a brain. And so we all have to make sure we keep it healthy. So basically we all have mental health. And one of the things I wanted to, I haven't actually discussed on the show is fitness and working out and producing endorphins and happiness and how keeping active can actually keep you organized and keep you in flow and keep you happy. So I had wanted to ask you, um, first question is just, what is it about working out that kept you keep coming back and keep you doing things? Like some people say it's so hard to stay active and they don't love it, but what is something that you love most about it and keeps you, keeps you fit? Well, um, I should say, but uh, I guess activities or exercise has always been part of my life not uh but more through sports i guess uh, as a young kid i played different sports i was i never excelled in any one particular and some of them i didn't do so well but i always enjoyed being part of teams or uh, also enjoyed the competition of it so through the many years of my life that's always been a part of it is uh is uh the competition or being part of a group. Uh, there have been times during my life where I haven't done uh, a lot of uh, exercise or activities. Um, and I felt it uh, not, I mean, it wasn't, I felt it more when I went back to doing activities and I realized, oh, was, uh, that really helps me feel uh I guess it, it helps me feel, it gives me more clarity. It gives me uh, a little, uh, obviously, obviously it gets me back in shape, but that's, that's a byproduct of it. But it uh, mentally it just makes me uh, 
clearer in thought and I feel better. Internally, I just feel better. So, and, oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, so especially when you start working out again, that you notice how much better you feel. And I feel that too when I start running again. I'm like, oh, this is what I've been missing. Like, why do I keep complaining and procrastinating? And it, it, I, it, yeah, it definitely is hard when you first start up and, you know, your body's maybe not in shape and you're, you have, maybe you have a goal down the road, but it's, it's definitely tough that first few weeks really to get back into it again. But, uh, I always find, uh, it helps me to be part of a, a group, even, even a small group, one person or two people or part of a team. Uh, like right now I'm playing hockey once a week and, uh, oh, for you. and I, I still play squash once a week in a, just a community center league. Uh, where they can, I've, <laughs> I'm, I'm not uh, at the level I played years ago, obviously, but, uh, I, I still enjoy the competition of it. And they, in the squash league, they match you up against players who are similar caliber. So it makes it fun. I really enjoy it. Perfect. Do you also feel like, um, I wanted to ask you too about that feeling better about yourself when you're working out, when you're moving and when you're active? I, I definitely do. I def definitely do. I mean, it's it's um, it's an internal feeling that uh, that, like I said before, I, I don't really notice when maybe I'm not doing the exercise. I but once I start to do the exercise, I, I do feel better. But I definitely do feel better about myself, and uh, and it can be anything like uh, walking or you know going on hikes or. Uh, you know, not not Iron Man, but I mean, it doesn't have to be that extreme. But just any exercise that gets you out there and gets you moving, you do feel better about yourself. Perfect. Um, I know you're a great storyteller. You're actually an incredible storyteller, and you always make us all laugh. And can you actually? I'm wondering if you're able to describe like what does that feel like? Um, maybe when you're about to feel like you're about to die, maybe at the end of Ironman or crossing the finish line, or like what are some of the feelings that go through your mind and your body that maybe no one else could understand that aren't doing the sport? Um, <laughs> I, I was uh, actually before the, uh, we had our, having our talk today, I was thinking back to uh, the first Ironman I did at Penticton. Um, there's and Iron Man, I guess they hire a lot of photographers to take pictures of not only the elite athletes, but us back of the Packers. And, and so the next day you can go into the, uh, into this, uh, auditorium there and they have all these pictures posted and, and they had one picture there of me coming out of the water. And I should, should, uh, preface this by saying, well, Sarah, you know, I'm, I'm a very poor swimmer and I really struggle with it. And uh, anyway, they had this picture of me just as I popped out of the water and walking towards the beach with my wetsuit on. And the look on my face just said it all because I, I remember that moment in time where I was, uh, I was happy that I had finished the swim before the, the cutoff time so that I could still continue on. But I was so physically and mentally drained at that moment in time that I was, you could see it in my face. I didn't know if I could go on. And I I went and got my bag. They give you a bag to put your uh, clothes in for changing to go on 
onto the bike next. And so I go into the change tent and I was literally sitting there arguing with myself in my head, whether I should go on or not, or what I should. And I had to, to convince myself or positive talk, I guess, and that, look, you know, you finished your worst event, your two stronger events are ahead of you. You know, you you managed to get through before the, before the cutoff time. I had to, had to build myself back up again mentally because I was really beaten up at that point um, and physically as well. So I thought, okay, I'll just get on the bike and spin a while and until I start to feel better, which is exactly what happened. Uh, and his, your strength slowly comes back. But uh, there are times you, uh, in an event like that, which is extreme, uh, you you go through such highs and such lows. I mean, I know you did your the half marathon recently, so you experienced some of that as well. And the longer the distance, it seems, the more amplified it gets. Yes. And the uh, you just really, I found for me anyway that it was really important for me to um, work my way up to that point. Like I I started you know, 5Ks, 10Ks, uh, half marathons, marathons. Uh, same thing with triathlons. I started with sprint triathlons and Olympic distance and then, uh, you know, half Ironman and an Ironman. But that whole experience really helped me mentally, which was the side of it that's, I mean, the, the distance is obvious for everybody. You can see how far you have to go. and But it's the mental part of it that's really not as evident and you don't really understand until you're actually into the event and doing it, that you have to almost train your mind to, to deal with, uh, because the, your mind will really be pushing you to just, you know, stop, literally stop and take a break and then lay down by the side of the road, literally, or whatever you need to do. But you have to train yourself to just keep one foot in front of the other or, you know, one more pedal stroke or whatever it is just to keep moving forward. And it was really important for me to to do the shorter events and build my, my not only my body up, but my, my brain, I guess, in one way, to the, the challenge of an Ironman. I love so much that you said that, the one foot in front of the other, because I think that we can use that in any aspect of our, our life. And one thing I do is one time I decided to do um, 200 burpees in a row, and I thought it was a great idea, except for burpee 165 was awful. And whenever I'm doing, I don't want to wash the dishes or something, I think at least you're not at burpee 165. And so are there times um, that you sometimes relate to, well, at least I'm not doing this or, or the mental toughness you had to create and build up for such intense events like that? Congratulations, by the way. Um, are there times that you use that then in everyday life and you find that things that used to be harder are actually easier because of what you've put yourself through? I think so. I, yeah, I, you, there's a confidence I think you end up having uh, that uh, permeates through the rest of your life, really. Um, it's always there for you. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, something tangible, uh, but it's a, it's a feeling that you have, I think, um, at least for me anyway. It's a, it's a confidence that 
I, you know, if something comes up in my life that I want to, you know, never done before, I want to give it a try. It, uh, it, it there's a confidence there that it, it's available to me. Maybe I don't know. Maybe may not have been there otherwise. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I think there is something there. So everyone listening, if there's something that you think you want to do, just hopefully this is inspiration and motivation that I know that when completing something, like I honestly thought that I'd have to walk the whole half marathon I did. Like I was like, oh my gosh, there's going to be a point where I'm just going to (laughs) die. And when you complete it, I definitely feel like, well, if I can do that, like what else can I do? And it's, it's pretty powerful. Uh, The next one thing I wanted to ask you was what, what do you think your life would look like if you didn't do all those, like, where do you think you would be? Or how do you think you would have lived if you didn't do all these triathlons and marathons? And I'll I'll answer that by, there's an interesting way that I got into it. I don't know if, I don't think I ever told you, Uh, but um, this goes back to 1990 before I joined the, the triathlon club where I met your parents and uh, I was at work and this is December of 1990. And I was talking with someone else I was working with there. And we were talking about the usual thing of uh, New Year's resolutions and getting in shape next year. I'm going to do it, you know, and, uh, and, but I had in my mind at the time, because at that point I only run one 10 K and that was on a lark and a, a bar bet basically and we ran the next day and almost killed ourselves but we got to the finish line and that was about four years previous and it was just a disaster but it was uh i I thought okay i should take it serious and i should i want to go out and do a marathon but i know that i'm gonna have to work my way up to it and i I had this two-year plan i'll I'll join a club and maybe do a 10k properly the first first year maybe half marathon, then I'll do the marathon the following year. That was my in my mind anyway. And that's what I was trying to get across to him because we were talking about joining a club together. He said, oh, I, I'd like to do a triathlon. And now, granted, 1990 triathlons were only about 10 years old. And I didn't know much about them or anything about them, really. They weren't on TV. They were, it was uh, not a well-known sport at that time. And... Yeah, I asked him what it was, and he explained it. And I said, well, I, I can't do that because I can't swim because I had a, a fear of swimming uh, that I'd had from a kid, and I couldn't swim. And so, anyway, I just went back and forth for a week or two, and finally I had this great idea. I thought, okay, there's got <laughs> to be a lot more uh, marathon clubs in Vancouver at that time then triathlon club. I didn't even know that there was a triathlon club that existed. Honestly, I didn't know. So I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to trick this guy. I'm, we'll sit down at lunch, go on one's office on a speaker phone and I'll just start fo- we'll phone clubs. First one we find we'll do. So, so we did, we sat down went on the speaker phone and where I lived at the time where he lived in between was this uh, YMCA. And so I thought, okay, that'll be the first time we'll phone. I phoned up and lady, nice lady answered and said, I said, oh, do you have a marathon club there? And she says, well, no, we have a triathlon club. 
And I thought, oh, but I had a plan B. I thought, I can't swim, so they'll just say, you know, go learn to swim and come back next year. So she put me through to the person who ran the club, and he said, oh, well, we have someone to teach non-swimmers how to swim, a separate coach. And I went, oh, and he's, of course, the other guy's listening to all this, and I went, I guess I I have to join. (laughs) So I joined the club, and... And literally the next changed the next nine years of my life, as it turns out. And that's where I met your parents and and eventually you. <laughs> Such a good story. I you know, it's I always look at my life and I think about all the little tiny moments that brought me to each each moment. And then if you think about it, if you didn't get into if you didn't get into um, triathlons and you wouldn't have met my dad and I wouldn't have met you and we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So basically what we're saying is is that uh, working out has got you this conversation. <laughs> you might be regretting. <laughs> <laughs> the one phone call that went awry led me to this point. Yeah. Well I love that there was a that they had their own plan B for you and it, it, your plan B didn't, <laughs> didn't really work out. No, that whole plan didn't work out at all, but in the end it did. I, I met some amazing people, including your parents at the club, and I was so concerned there'd be like these uber athletes that were uh, way beyond my level, and uh, it was I was so wrong about that. And just a good group of people that uh, just worked during the day and were trying to stay in shape, and some that wanted to do, wanted to do triathlons. So, well, dad was the same way though. Like swimming wasn't like he was the biker, you're the runner, and neither of you loved swimming. (laughs) You can bond, we bonded over that. Yeah, we, we, uh, we both struggled with the swim. He was, he was certainly stronger than I was in that, but uh, he struggled with it as well. But then you caught up to him when you were running, uh, (laughs) only in longer runs. Your dad is such a great runner. Like, so he's like the 200 runner from university. University is so fast. But I'm, we're like the, I always joke, we're the tortoise in the hare. He's, you know, he runs so quickly that I can't keep up with him on short distance. But I'm the plotter. I, I can keep a, a good pace for a long period of time. And over a long 10K or longer, I'm, I can catch up to him. But, uh, the shorter, shorter distance, I can't keep up with them. My dad's probably just listening to this being like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, I've told him already. He knows. <laughs> he still gets, he still, he, he still loves running. Like, he talks about it, and you can just see him light up. And it means so much to me because there's something inside of me, too, that I feel happier. I feel better. I just, I can't imagine my life without any form of movement. No, I, th- I think that, and I think that's important. That's a great mindset to be in and to follow through on that because it's, I think it's vitally important for everyone just to keep moving, no matter what it is, just uh, throughout your life. Um, like I say, whether it's a walk around the block, um, uh, there's a, we, Angie and I just moved into a complex here last year and, and we talked about this fellow who doesn't live in the same building as us. It's a very large complex, uh, has a nice uh, gated complex, has a, a big walking area within the complex. And, uh, and there's this older fellow 
I don't even know how old he is. I haven't got the chance to talk to him yet, but he, he uses a walker and you can tell he's in pain when he's walking, but he's out there five, four to five times a day doing a loop of the complex. And he just impresses the hell out of me. He just, um, he's, he's, and we, we wave and say hi to him and he's, he's saying hi to everybody. And, uh, it's just so encouraging to see, um, Yes, I, I just believe it should be part of, if it all possible, be part of your life or uh, any kind of movement, whatever you can do. Oh, that's such a beautiful story. Good for him. That inspires me so much because honestly, it's not just physical health, but mental health and just sense of being. And like we said, that's like that purpose and feeling connected to something and feeling alive and feeling like, what can I do now? And there's so much to it. Thank you for sharing all those wonderful stories. I actually, um, I want to wrap this up for you because I do respect your time, but I also know that you're a book reader and I wanted to ask you, what is one book that you absolutely love and that you'd want to share with anyone listening today? <laughs> one that inspires you the most. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm always a, uh, I'm not a huge reader, but I do enjoy a good book and I'm always a, I always tend to lean towards uh, nonfiction, good stories. Um, and I gave this one to your dad years ago, and it stayed with me. I read it many, many years ago, but it's always stayed with me as one of my favorite books. And it's, uh, and they, I guess, made a movie about it as well, which I don't recommend, but it's, the book is amazing. Uh, it's called Into Thin Air. Oh, my goodness. Have you read, did you read yes. that? Did you? Oh my gosh, it got me so fired up. I was like, I'm ready to climb Mount Everest. <laughs> it is just an amazing book, uh, John Krakauer. And uh, it's uh, it's a good, really good read. Uh, was, uh, or, there's other excellent books I've read, but that one says, through the years has just stayed with me. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, the movie is slightly traumatizing, I think. But... <laughs> The yeah. book, um, the book has, it's it's pretty sad, but it's, it's just, I love the tenacity that shows that these people, like, there's this, this is matters to them so much. They're so connected to something that they can't imagine their life without. And there's a difference between, I think it's important to go for walks every day, and not everyone has to be a triathlete, but there's some people out there, like um, you and my dad, and maybe not me, but part of me that just there's there's more like there's like a do or die like I can't imagine my life without and the people like in Into Thin Air is just a book on that and it inspires me it wakes me up and it gives me chills all at the same time <laughs> yeah it's got a little bit of everything but it's uh uh it's a well-written um uh, good book I, I really enjoyed that but um yeah Perfect. Well, there's one last question that I ask every single guest that comes on the show. And it's kind of a loaded question, but don't overthink it. Just whatever comes to mind first. If you were speaking right now, could be heard by all 8 billion people in the world. What is the one thing that you'd want to say to them right now? <laughs> it can't be. It won't be listened to all 8 billion people. There's only like maybe. Oh, and your, your podcast is building. You never know. <laughs> you just. No, I, I think. Uh... I'll put it simply and try to find joy in, in your life and keep moving forward. Uh, both 
physically and mentally, just keep one foot in front of the other, like you, like we talked about. Um, find what, find your joy. Uh, I, that's the way I've done it in terms of, uh, or tried to, in terms of um, athletics or just doing things. I try to find things I enjoy and try to stay with them as long as I can. I don't know how long I'll be able to play squash, but uh, I'll play as long as I can because I really enjoy the sport. Um, same with hockey and some other other sports as well. And I just, yeah, I guess that's what I'll leave with. Perfect. Everyone has a different answer. Every single person has a completely different answer, and I love it. And it ties into everything you, you spoke about with triathlons and marathons and everything and squash as well. So, Drew, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Um, I just adore you so much. I just I look up to you so much. You're so incredible. You've inspired me. And I definitely thought about you a lot during my run. You and dad, I both was like, what if they were there? They're there. They're here. They're right inside of me. Like I have a little piece of them. You're the energizer, buddy. My dad's a hammerhead. <laughs> and I got both of those and I'm going to go with it. You do, Sarah. You do. And you're an inspiration to us half marathons I believe only to be the start for you well thank you so much for that and everyone listening thank you for listening I hope you are having a wonderful day Drew is amazing um thank you for listening to the show and I hope that you get out there and put one foot in front of the other and find your joy and stick to your joy and keep living in joy and everyone have a wonderful wonderful evening Thank you for joining me on another episode of Daily Dose of Serotonin. If this episode put a smile on your face or helped you in any way, please share it with someone who needs to hear how special they are. And most importantly, if you need a smile or an ear to listen, please reach out. I'd love to connect with you and send positive vibes and virtual hugs. You can find all my info to connect in the show notes. Keep shining, friends. Sending so, so, so much love.